Hey, I'm Dawn Scott Damon, your freedom coach, and I'm fiercely passionate about helping you become an empowered woman. As a life coach, author, pastor, emotional and spiritual wellness advocate, I'm here to help you realize your true dreams, craft your master plan, and coach you to fulfill it with ferocious execution. As a survivor of childhood trauma, I know what it takes to overcome obstacles, fears, and insecurities, and I'm here to help you do the same. But I don't do it alone. I bring the sisterhood on to share their journey in this mad voyage called life so that you can glean from the boldest, bravest, and grittiest adventurous who are living out their dreams. Join us. Today's show is sure to change your life. So stay tuned because it's time to join the Freedom Girls Sisterhood with your Freedom Coach, John Scott Damon. Radio, it's time to join Freedom Girls Sisterhood with your Freedom Coach, Don Scott Damon. Well, hey, everybody, it is good to be with you again. You know this is Don Scott Damon, your Freedom Coach, and I am so excited to share with you today what we got going. Oh, that little woo-woo, that's the sisterhood there. Hey, Wanda. Hey, Don, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. It's a beautiful Monday. It's a little bit deceptive because it's beautifully sunny, it, but I stepped outside thinking that meant something, and it was 36 <laughs> like no so yeah yeah i'm we, not going outside and doing that anymore <laughs> us poor michiganders man we just can't get a break right now but you know what god is good and uh the sun feels it does feel amazing and i have to tell you i love what you did with your little area there thank you thank you i love it it looks awesome a little bit yes i appreciate uh, that so hey i'm excited we got the prayer lady on with us today <laughs> Yes, we did. And, and let me just tell you that um, I have to tell you, I have a little uh, full disclosure. Okay. I had her, when her, this, her book, her last book about prayer first came out, I had her on the show that I produced in San Francisco for Salem, and it was fabulous. So she is the prayer lady. She's the one I, I, I like to go to when I want to talk about prayer. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and because, and I don't want to give her away her story, so we'll just get into it because yeah. she has... Sometimes we can talk about things because we have had knowledge. And then sometimes we talk about things because we have a deep, intimate knowledge and a heart revelation. And that's who we have today, Linda Evans Shepherd. She's an award-winning author. She's a successful speaker, a media personality. She's a beautiful friend. She's the president of Right to Heart Ministries. She's the author of many, many books, including when you don't know what to pray and praying God's promises. She lives in the beautiful state of Colorado and we are so excited to welcome to the show. Let's give a sisterhood welcome to Linda Evans Shepherd. Thank you. <laughs> welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today, Linda. Good to be here. How are you doing over there in Colorado? We are doing good. We're still uh, doing the uh, safer at home thing, but it will be so good when we can all just hug each other again. <laughs> right? I know it. I, I know it's really important for us to be doing what we're doing in the stay at home and the social distancing, but I can't help but think about the unintended consequences and just some of the, the psychological and the emotional impact and what a time this is for all of the things that you write about and all of the things that you speak about, the power of 
prayer and how prayer changes things. I think people are learning about prayer right now in this season, maybe more than ever before. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole reason I became a prayer expert is because um, I was in a desperate situation and I wanted to know how to pray for my, my daughter. And we'll talk about that. But that said, we are all in a desperate situation with our livelihoods, with our health, with our families, with um, depression. A lot of people are going through uh, more abuse because they're they're trapped at home with people that sometimes hurt them. And we just really need to know how to call out to God, the one who loves us, the one who hears our prayers. Amen. I love the calling out to God. This is an hour of lament even. Yes. Do you include lament in your prayers? Is that something that you talk about and share about that need to just pour it all out? You know, I, I have written about that, not in this particular book, but certainly I have. I mean, David was the king of lament. Yeah. And I love how he would just tell the Lord what was wrong. All these things are wrong, Lord. And if you don't help me, I'm going to go down to the pit. But then he would say, but you are the one I trust. You are the one who hears my cry. You are the one who rescues me. And I love the lament because that's exactly what we all need to be praying right now. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Prayer is a trust response, if you will, or even an initiation of saying, I acknowledge God that you are in control. And, I, and these aren't just wasted words. It's not just something therapeutic that I do. There's power in this prayer. You just said it. We have this assurance that God hears us and that he's going to move on our behalf. So you've written several books on prayer, and as we mentioned earlier, you're sometimes called the, the prayer lady. I can't think of a better moniker than the <laughs> prayer lady. Um, share with us why prayer is so important to you and, and, and your book. You've written so many books, but this specific one, When You Need to Move a Mountain, this reflects your journey. Talk to us about your journey. There it is. There it is. When you need to move a mountain, you know, I became what I like to refer to as a prayer investigator. And the reason I began my investigation is, can you imagine, uh, my little girl was thrown into the freeway during a violent car crash, only 18 months old. Mm -hmm. And I knew in that moment when I when I climbed out of the wreckage and I found my daughter still fastened in her car seat, it, she had, uh, it had been so violent, it had torn the car seat out of the car. And I found her in the middle of the freeway. I could tell that our lives had been changed forever. And I wanted to know, how can I really reach out to God? How can I know that God has heard my prayer and that he is moving on my behalf? So I began to study prayer, talk to people who prayed, talk to people who believed in healing prayer. I didn't know much about that. I knew that God had healed. I mean, the, the Lord had healed my own brother in a very similar car crash only a few years earlier. Here's my my 19-year-old brother thrown out of a van in a head-on collision. A drunk driver hit the van he was in. 
and they said he would be, uh, he, first they said he would die, then they said he would, he would never um, be able to move, he'd be paralyzed from the neck down, but yet um, God healed my brother, and today my brother is a, a wonderful husband and father with two kids and has a wonderful job with Bluebell ice cream. <laughs> Yeah. And, and he, he just has a wonderful life. Uh, ice cream aside, he has a wonderful yeah. life. And I really wanted to know, could God do that for my daughter? Well, my daughter slept for one year in coma. And how heartbreaking it was to sit by this beautiful child who would not wake up until we put her newborn baby brother in her arms. Aww. And I don't know, it was, I think, I like to think of it as the power of God combined with sibling rivalry. <laughs> that was the moment that she opened her eyes and she knew she held her little brother in her arms. And every day she would get a little bit more alert and a little bit more communicative. And yeah, my daughter was a disabled person and to that I say, so what? Who doesn't have a little disability or a little bit of brain damage, you know? Uh, <laughs> but my daughter brought back, I mean, my daughter spent a year in heaven and she brought back this incredible peace and joy and was such a blessing in her home. And I saw God move on her behalf time after time in miracle after miracle. I didn't get the prayer that I had pretty much demanded, but what I got was God's presence and the ability to trust God through anything. And trust me, that was also a miracle. Yes. Your story is just so incredible. And of course, in this journey, one moment you're experiencing life and there's joy, and the next moment you're catapulted into a situation, as you said, my life changed forever. And you have a couple of choices in those crisis moments. Am I going to shake my fist at heaven and get, give up and quit? Or am I going to go deeper into the heart and the purpose of God and find him in this place? And on behalf of every person who has been drawn into a deep, deeper prayer life because of your experience, thank you for choosing the latter for going deeper with God. Yes. And what, what did you learn when you said, I'm a prayer investigator? Do you remember the moment when you said, yes, my prayer really is making a difference? It has reached the heart of God. I, I know that. Or was it just a gradual revelation unfolding? I think it was a revelation unfolding. But I can tell you that I always loved the Lord. And I always tried to talk to him. And I used to say, it's too bad you can't talk back to me, Lord. But that actually isn't true. Because number one, we have the word. And if you spend any time in the word, you will discover that there are these divine moments when, when the word, the spirit, the Holy Spirit inside that word will quicken your spirit and God will have a message to you. And then for me, there are those quiet moments when God speaks to me and he doesn't speak to everyone the same way. And that's one of the points I make in the book. We all have our own prayer 
uh, giftings is how I refer to them. I mean, there are some people who, who can hear that quiet, still voice of God. And other people, I'm, I'm married to an engineer and I have an engineer son. They don't have or share that same experience with me, but yet they still hear God's voice through the power of the word and through studying and hearing sermons. They still do, but it's different. And so I may have more faith, for example, to pray for provision. And I, I call that gift a gifting. I have the gift of praying for provision for people. And it's a wonderful gift. And it started like this. And I, I want to share this story with you. It started with me in the hospital, standing over my daughter, knowing that our insurance was messed up, didn't know if they'd come through for us. And um, knowing that it would probably cost a million dollars to get Laura out of the hospital. By the way, that was the correct assumption. Ooh. And I remember putting my hands inside my blue jean pockets. I'm pulling out the liners. And this was my prayer. God, this is how much I have of the hospital bill. <laughs> this is it. Nothing. So I'm giving the bill to you. Wow, and so boy, good. this is such a big key. No matter what it is, whether it's provision or health or whatever, I'm giving this problem to you. You can figure it out. You know more about it than I do. I can, I can just spend my time worry, 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 and, and spin and spin and spin, or I can just say, it's your problem, and I dedicate the bills to you, and what happened? Every bill was paid. Wow. Every bill was paid. God did it. God. God took care of us during that time. I was just talking to someone a few moments ago, and I, her husband's out of work. She's been out of work. They've got five kids. I said, how are y'all doing? She said, you know what? God is our provider, and he has been taking care of us. Amen. Wow. Wow. Yes. Amen. And that's such a stand of faith right now. There's so many people in that situation and fear can just so grip you, especially when it comes to provision. That has to have been a moment when all of those bills are met and you look back now and say, but God, you know, at the end of, you talked about at the end of lament, we, you could have been crying out and you could have been sharing that with God. And then at the end of it saying, but God, I trust you. And your trust was not in vain because a lot of thank yous along the way too. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, yes. Amen. I loved what you said, and I'm going backwards just a little bit, but that your daughter spent a year in heaven. I don't want that to escape our listeners because she was in a coma for a year and in that season, she was communing and at peace and, and being ministered to by the heavenly host and by God. Does she have any memory of that? Yes. Um, she was, um, she is now in heaven. She went to heaven four years ago, but we got to keep her in her home after the car crash for 28 years. Yeah. And so she's totally healed now. She's no longer paralyzed from the neck down. Mm. And she got her vision back. And I know, I know the first thing she probably did because she loved to sing is she singing in one of those heavenly choirs up there. But um, one day when she was four years old, 
I said to her, and here she's nonverbal and she's paralyzed, okay? I said to her, Laura, I believe that when you were in heaven that you saw Jesus. And she threw her head back and the most beautiful expression of joy I have ever seen just glowed from her face and she lifted her arms in praise. She was paralyzed from the neck down. Oh she lifted her arms in praise and then slowly put them back into her lap. And then I said, and Laura, I believe that you sat in the lap of Jesus. And she did it again. Oh my goodness. She did it again. And one day, here's another story. One day I got an email from an old college friend who said he no longer believed in God. Uh, because God didn't heal amputees. And so I went into Laura's room and I was, you know, thinking about this and I mentioned it, that my friend no longer believed in God. And you should have seen my daughter's face. It was one of total shock. Like what? No longer, what? Cause she understood everything. No longer. And I, and, and I said, yes. And she looked at me like, well, why? And, and so I said, well, because we could communicate beautifully through her, her facial expressions and she had tongue signals for yes and no. And I said, because he doesn't believe that, that God heals amputees. And then I realized she probably never heard the word amputee. I mean, why would I discuss amputation with her? Yeah. And um, I, I, I tried to explain it, but I kind of softened it. I said, well, an amputee is when you can't use your arms and legs. I didn't mention that they were removed. <laughs> I said, you can't use your arms and legs. And then my daughter, who, by the way, was on a ventilator. Oh my. I've heard a lot about ventilators these days. Sure. She began to laugh in perfect timing with the ventilator, something she had never done. It was a belly laugh. And with every breath of the ventilator, Laura said, ha, ha. <laughs> this went on and on. She was just cracking up. And I said, Laura, why is that so funny? And then it hit me. I said, Laura, when you were in heaven, did you see people who couldn't use their arms and legs on earth that could use them in heaven? And out came her yes tug. She had this yes tug signal. And this time her tongue went all the way down to her chin. Yes. Oh. And I said, Laura, were you one of those people? And then she got the most beautiful smile. And wow. then here came the tongue again. Yes. Oh, wow. And so I know she's there now. And boy, I miss her. There's a huge loneliness and loss. Yeah. I know where she is. and I would never call her back. Oh, it's just, that's such a powerful testimony. I'm really emotionally moved right now because I've never heard that. And um, that is just testimony of the reality. Friends listening and maybe watching if you are a person who's never really known the reality of a living God, just take that in just for a moment. How beautiful and what a, what a special privilege that God gave you to have a glimpse of the truth of heaven and how that impacted you. I have to believe this journey really began to deepen for you in the awareness of Jesus in your prayer, when you were praying and talking to Jesus, uh, let me just say this for a moment. I, I think about the book of James in the Bible, the very brother of Jesus Christ. 
and how when Jesus was living, they didn't really believe that he was the Messiah. His brothers, they struggled a little bit. But after his death and resurrection and his ascension, Jewish history tells us that James' nickname was called Camel Knees because he spent so much time on his knees praying. Wow. And his wow. prayer life had developed to such a place, but he, he was praying to his brother, Jesus, but he was praying to his Lord and Savior. He was praying to God. And I think about the special relationship that he had in prayer. I have to believe that you have a very special relationship with Jesus because you, you have such a 3D dimension of it, such a profound understanding of the reality of the friendship, the beauty, the closeness of Jesus. How has your prayer life evolved and, and how did you capture that in your book? Well, I think probably when Laura was first injured, I, my mind was never quiet from prayer. But I was pretty much just repeating the same prayer over and over. Please rescue my daughter. Please heal my daughter. This went on for months and months. Please, please heal my daughter. Um, as if, if begging was the solution. And of course, there's nothing wrong with that because I was just expressing my heart. But then as my prayer life evolved, I begin to understand something that a lot of us miss, and that is the great love and the great compassion that God has for us. And, you know, he knew I was a little brokenhearted mom. And, and I'm sure heaven wept uh, because heaven does weep with us still when we go through these difficulties. But there was a greater miracle coming, a greater miracle of of understanding the nature and the love of God. And, and I think that maybe I didn't get my prayers answered the way I demanded for such a long time was so that the greater miracle could happen. You know, the word says that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. A lot of people hate that scripture because they feel like, well, God isn't going to answer my prayer because he thinks this is for my good. And I think I probably was there too. But yes, it was for my good because I learned the love of God and I learned it from my daughter. Mm. And I also learned that I could trust God, even in the difficulties. God is a God who wants a friendship with us. And it works like this. When we say, God, I recognize you as God. And we think, who am I to even talk to you? But what he wants is more than talk. He wants to connect with us in a very personal way. He wants us to recognize that his son Jesus died for our sins. And then he wants us to open up and invite the presence, his very presence, to be inside of us. We don't become God, but we are the temple. We become a temple where his presence rests. So when we realize who we are, mm -hmm. we are people whose spirits and souls have intermingled with the presence of God, mm. that we don't have to be so afraid. And then we can just come to the God who loves us and lay it out and say, 
I worship you, I praise you, and I trust you with this situation. God wants us to pray. He wants us to pray. It's sort of like a, a symbiotic uh, a situation. He wants us to call out to him so that he can then answer our prayer so that we are involved in the whole process. Mm-hmm. And sure, God could do anything. No more COVID. Boom, gone. Yeah. Or we could be a part of that calling to God, mm-hmm. calling on behalf of our country for the people who don't know him, people we know and love who don't know him. And we can see God take this very difficult situation and turn it into a miracle where people begin to wake up to the fact that God is real and that God loves them and that it's time for them to repent. And by that, I mean, humble themselves before the almighty God. And say, yes, sir. Yes, sir, Jesus. Please forgive me of my sins. Please come into my heart. May your presence rest on me. Yes. So powerful. Because God always is looking for those that will stand in the gap, isn't he? He talks about that in the Old Testament, looking for that intercessor, the one that one hand on God and one hand on earth, the person that will stand in between. And he was appalled at many times. He could not find that gap dweller, that intercessor. So you just spoke it beautifully. There are Christians that believe prayer doesn't really change things, that it doesn't really matter. But what you're saying is prayer makes a huge difference, all the difference. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, uh, in the book, I, I create this little illustration about, imagine this. So you're walking down the street and this big bully guy with ginormous bowling ball muscles you're walking with your friend and suddenly this guy grabs your friend and picks him up by the collar and he's going to punch him really good. And what do you do? Do you run away or do you go, Mr. Bully, cut that out right now. Can you imagine? That's like the enemy attacking our friends. Ha ha ha. I'm not going to stop what I'm going to do. I'm going to beat. But you say, Mr. Bully, cut it out now. And suddenly the bully puts your friend down backs away, and then runs for it. And you think, well, I showed him. And then you turn around, and who is behind you? Uh, Jesus is standing behind you. You were just doing what he was telling you to do. Put him down in the name of Jesus. You've got a loved one, enemy, put him down in the name of Jesus. I declare freedom over my child. I declare freedom over my husband. I declare freedom over my friends and my neighbors and my family and the power and authority of the name and the blood of Jesus. And watch what the power of God can do. Yes. So we have the authority through Jesus. We have to open up our mouth and speak it. And that's the prayer. That's That's what happens in the the power of prayer. We don't come in our own name, but we we come in the name of Jesus. And so, you know, right now, in light of what's going on in the world, there's a lot of fear 
and a lot of anxiety and, and people searching really, this can be the finest hour. There's always uh, the, the golden opportunity. Every crisis presents some opportunity there. And so I think right now the fear is so pervasive everywhere on the globe. What do you say to offer hope to pre-Christians, Christians, whoever might be listening to this that are in that fearful place? You know, we don't need to be afraid. Like the Apostle Paul said, I can be content in whatever situation I find myself in, whether in lack or plenty, just like my friend who God has been providing for her family during this difficult time when they were both out of work. It is amazing what God, our provider, God, our healer, God, the lover of our souls, the Lord who wants to be in communication with us can do with and through us. And now is the time to pray for your friends, your family, for your country, and for the world. Because now is the time that we can humble ourselves. And I just, I want to share, um, I guess it's Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble, and I think that's another word for repent, mm-hmm. will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. What if this is a prayer call? Mm. Yeah. Yep. A call where we can we can just plead salvation mm. over our friends, our family, our nation. What if this was a time of revival? No revival comes without prayer. Right. The revival that happened in the 60s with the Jesus people were from mothers who got on their knees and prayed for their children. Yes. It is now time that we got on our knees and we prayed for our country and for the people of the world. This could be our finest hour, and this could be our last chance Mm -hmm. to pray over the world. We don't know what's coming, but whatever is coming, we don't need to be afraid. Because God already knows that he's already gone before us and he's already there because he's outside of time. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Wow. Jesus, um, Jesus stood over the city of Jerusalem and he wept, he lamented, he prayed and he interceded. And he was sad in his heart that they didn't understand their day of visitation. And let it not be said of us that we miss this day of visitation because we might feel like, you know, it's the birth pains of the end or it's destruction or even, even the conspiracy theories of biological warfare and people are afraid. But if we could see it through the lens of faith, we might say, this is a day of visitation. This is actually merciful. This is God allowing us to have a season of repentance and humility and to get right with him and to get things in order. And if you don't know how to pray, dear listener, you don't have to have a lot of words for prayer to be powerful. God hears you. You release what's in your heart. You can have a conversation with God. And uh, Linda, I know our time is almost up. I am going to ask you to pray in just a moment. But did you go from a place where your prayer was 
just a few words and conversation to to learning different ways. There's petition and there's warfare prayer and there's authority prayer. Do we have to know all of that to get praying? No, all you have to do is talk to God. And he's a big God. You can say your greatest hurts and you can tell him your anger and frustration. I don't understand God why you allow this to happen. I had a great job. I had a great life. And now I'm just stuck at home. You can tell God that. He's not going to be like, oh, I didn't know you felt that way. <laughs> you can tell him. And then as you pray, turn it into to your lament. You know, Lord, I, I don't understand, but I know you love me. And I know you have a purpose. Please open my eyes so I can see your love and your grace and your care and show me what I can do, whether it's praying for my loved ones or, or, or telling my friends, posting something on my social media, hey, it's going to be okay. God is here. God loves you. Whatever it is, um, maybe telling someone that you've been afraid to talk to, they might be more open to hear about the Lord now than ever before. Uh, record, we're seeing record numbers of online church attendance right now, for example. And they might be ready to, to hear the good news. Are you going to just sit on it and not tell them? God, Lord, give me the courage so that I can share the good news of you and show me what to say. Show me, just let me be a vessel of love. Because right now, Lord, in your compassion, you're giving this stiff-necked generation an opportunity to call out to you. And I'm calling out to you right now. Help. That's my favorite prayer. Help. I still pray that every day. Help me, Lord. I have too much on my plate. Help me. <laughs> and he always does. He always answers me with, with his love. And it's amazing to see as, as he puts things on my heart. I try to stay in the presence of God at all times. And as he puts things on my heart, then I just call out in prayer. And I try to be available to him. And how many times have, has he put somebody on my heart and then I called them up and found out they were going through a crisis. And in that moment, the Lord moved on their behalf. And I can't explain it. It's a mystery. I mean, it's not me pushing the needle for them, but God wanted me to be a part of it, laid it on my heart. I prayed and God moved. It's a beautiful thing. Wonderful thing. Would you, would you be willing to do that now? You have that gift of prayer for provision and um, that grace that, that is on your life. Just lead us in prayer, would you please? I will. Lord, we just come before you. You are our God. You are awesome and majestic. And yet you loved us so much that you sent your son to die for our sins because we weren't holy enough to walk with you. But through Jesus, we can know you. So Lord, forgive us for our sins and show us how to walk with you. Show us how to talk to you. And Lord, put things on my heart that you want me to pray for. And Lord, right now I pray for me. I pray for each one of us that we would open our hearts to more of your love and to more of your presence. And I, and I pray for our loved ones that they would come to see your love and faithfulness and accept Jesus Christ as their savior 
so that they can know and walk with you. And I come to you for our friends and our family and for our country, whatever country that you're watching this from. We pray for our country. We pray for our world. May revival, may our spirits be revived. May we wake up to you so that we can all become a new creation, a new creature in you where your Holy Spirit will rest in us and on us. And may this be a time of great healing and great salvation. We don't know how long time is for any one of us, but we know that you are beyond time and we are creatures that are beyond time. And we want to spend that eternity with you. Lord, we take our, our lamps and we ask that you fill them with your presence, with your oil. So in the coming days, whatever happens or however long we may wait on you, our oil will not run dry. Our flame will not burn out. Keep us safe in you. And we just plead Psalms 91 over everyone and we ask that the pestilence that's stalking the land and the arrows of destruction that have been shot at each one of us and at our family our cities our our states our nation our world will will bounce off and i pray that we will be hidden under the shelter of your wing yes in the power and authority of the name and the blood of jesus Awesome. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, this has been a wonderful time with you. This is a podcast you've been listening to Linda Evans Shepherd, Linda Evans Shepherd, award-winning author, and as you can see, very anointed speaker. Thank you so much for this time with you. Where can people find out more about you? Well, they can go uh, to my webpage, got, G-O-T, to, T-O, pray, got to pray, dot com, <laughs> and they can learn more about me. And they can also find my books available anywhere Christian books are sold. And we've been talking about when you need to move a mountain. When you need to move a mountain. I can't wait to get mine. You need to get yours too, everyone listening. And uh, Wanda, where can they find us? Dawn, you can be found in, well, everywhere, but dawnscottdamon.com. You can also be found at um, freedomgirlsisterhood.com and at tribeschurch.tv. We're going to stop right there. I'm just um, all over the place. I'm just a hot mess all over the place. And, and you can find me at um, ptscperspectives.org, and that is the best Bible study I've ever read in my life. Oh, just um, the freedom motion right there. You yes. know that. I've said that to you, but I've said it to everybody I know as well. And now I just want to say, uh, since I have the um, president of the ASA, which is Advanced Writers and Speaker Association, and I was um, a third place winner in the ASA for the best Bible study. So well, well, thank right. you. And Thank you, Jesus. And, um, and and before I let you go, we got something really exciting coming on. You and I, uh, Linda, are going to be doing another podcast together. 
That's it right. is going to be Esther Arise, and I'm going to be hosting, and I'm going to be, be able to interview more women like yourself who have this Esther story for such a time as this that God has raised us up. We've overcome obstacles and hurts and wounds and pains, and we're still here to be contended with because of the spirit of God within us. You're an amazing woman of God. You are a soldier, my sister. You have oh been God. through it, and here you are just shining in such an amazing way. I'm just so blessed, but this podcast is coming. Esther Arise, more details coming, and she's going to be my first guest so be ready, everybody. Looking we can't wait to it. All right. Hey, stay tuned, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the Freedom Girls Sisterhood. This is Dawn Scott Damon, your freedom coach, saying it's freedom time. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Freedom Girls Sisterhood. Like us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and review us. And if you'd like to leave us a note, find us on the Freedom Girls Sisterhood Facebook page or any social media at Dawn Scott Damon. As always, live a fierce, full, and free life because it's freedom time. <laughs>